You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Linda Baldwin. And we're broadcasting today from the Mustard Seed Catholic Store in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. We have had great conversations this morning already. First, Mom, we talked about sacramentals and the mustard seed and different ways that you can um, use sacramentals to pray. And then we had the Know Your Faith competition with Father Gregory Crane on talking about what that's going to look like this year. If you've missed either of those, uh, later today we'll put them up on our podcasts and you can listen to them on realpresenceradio.com or download our free app and listen to any podcast on our app. So it's been a great show and it's just going to get better. Caitlin Belden is our next guest. Good morning, Caitlin. Is Caitlin with us? Yeah. Oh, there we go. I couldn't hear you. (laughs) Sorry. I said good morning. (laughs) Good morning. And you're like, okay. And I guess I'm by myself now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I'm excited to have you on. I got to listen to your episode of Lead Them to Life with Emily Leadham yesterday on my drive home from the Abbey. Um, And you're going to be a dynamic addition to the Catholic Family Services family. And so tell us a little background about yourself. Yeah, so I am, um, I was born and raised in Valley Springs, South Dakota, so just a little ways outside of Sioux Falls. Um, I went to South Dakota State University for my undergraduate degree, and I completed my master's through Colorado Christian University. Um, And during the time I was completing kind of both of my degrees, I worked at Children's Home Society of here in Sioux Falls, just um, working with children who are healing from their trauma. Mm, beautiful. And yeah. did, how did you feel the calling to get into counseling? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, I think I was just raised in a family. I was raised in a large family that endured a lot of different challenges over the years, whether it be um, medical or different forms of addiction. And so And I always felt the desire and the hope for individuals in my family to heal from whatever was occurring. And so I think that just was something fostered in me for um, really my entire childhood. Mm. And so I've just had a passion for helping individuals and being the person to really hold hope for them in the times they don't have hope for themselves. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So tell us a little bit about um, what Catholic Family Services is and some of the things that go on at that service. Yeah, so Catholic Family Services is a counseling center, and we are um, just next door to the cathedral. But along with that, we have so many different programs that we run um, as far as um, different adoption programs that we had run. Now we can do some adoption support um, while we don't actually do, uh, like, help individuals adopt at this point. Um, But we also do different grief programs, different divorce programs. We have different retreats that we lead throughout the year. Um, Our view really is for wholeness of life um, and to complete that through healing and things of that nature. Sure. So a lot of different hats that Catholic Family Services wears, 
But in the end, it's all to help people through some difficulties in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I would like to say, though, too, along with that is people come to us who maybe aren't having difficulties and just need a safe space to lay mm-hmm. out um, some decisions or sure. somebody to talk to. So it's not always um, about healing. Maybe it's about learning to have a healthy relationship and communication. Um, right. To just, yeah. Beautiful. So there's a new... Um Dr. Marcy Moran, I have to give a shout out to Dr. Marcy Moran. Um, she recently passed away, and her funeral was actually yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. A huge loss to Catholic Family Services, and I just wanted to invite all of our listeners to keep Dr. Marcy Moran and her family in your prayers and for the repose of her soul. She was a wonderful woman, and one of the number one things that she was known for is her grief programs. And so grief has been, um, in some sort of way, a central part of what Catholic Family Services does, helping people walk through grief. And so Catholic Family Services has started a new program. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, No, beautifully said, Dr. Uh, Marcy. She did a wonderful job with her grief work, and so... um, we loved what she did, and so we're keeping true to some of the things that she implemented in her time here, while also trying to bring in a new program that um, is a little bit easier for individuals to navigate um, different leaders and things. Mm-hmm. So we are starting what is it's called Grief Share, and Grief Share is a worldwide Christian-based grief program, and it combines psychology and faith. Um, so each week, um, while Grief Share is running, individuals have a workbook, and we watch an educational video. Individuals can take notes and really do the work in their workbook. And then we split up into groups that are really specific to the loss that individuals have um, are living through or grieving currently. And I think that part specifically is huge for Dr. Marcy Moran, just really allowing people to be in groups with mm-hmm. similar experiences. Um, it is a 13-lesson program that we run in 11 weeks. So there's two weeks in there where we um, have two different lessons or videos that we watch. And, yeah. So what was it about this program that really um, drew Catholic Family Services into picking it over some of the other ones? I think it really is just the education and the effort that went into creating Grief Share was huge for us, just knowing that we're getting what's going to be best put together. A, B, a huge aspect is just the faith base that mm-hmm. it is founded on. Um, it really ties in different faith and calls into question, um, or I shouldn't say calls into question, it brings up a lot of questions that individuals have about their faith after um, living through a loss or in the process of grieving. And so that was really important for us to implement that and have that piece within a program that we would be running. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about grief for a minute, if that's okay, if I change the the angle of how we're discussing this, because yeah. um, I know Dr. Marcy Moran had a lot of different educational pieces on grief, Um, What are some of the basics of grief that are sometimes misconceptions 
um, that people hold. Can you kind of dive into that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so I think one is that one misconception that we often hear people say is it gets better with time. Mm-hmm. And I, we can't just hold on to our grief and hope that time is going to heal it. We really have to be able to do the work ourselves. Um, that's a big one. Uh, how often do we hear, oh, it'll get better, it gets easier, and that's not always the case. Right. And so sometimes people will feel guilty or ashamed if they're three, four years down the road and it doesn't feel easier. Yeah, they're like, I should be over this by now. Yeah. It's a should. It's a should. <laughs> right, yep. <laughs> yes, we shouldn't do that <laughs> to ourselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, and that's... Um, Go ahead. Oh, you're good. Well, I was just going to say, you know, that I think you talked on Lead Them to Life about the shoulds and how we shouldn't be talking about, I should be doing this and I should be doing that and why, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I think that that plays a part in the grief process because people think they should be in a certain place or a loved one should be in a certain place. My brother doesn't grieve like I do. And my brother, he didn't even show emotion at the funeral. And I mean, dive into a little bit of that, if you will. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, And I talked about this a little bit. I was on um, the air with Renee in communications here a a little while ago, and we talked about grief. And absolutely, everybody does it different. Everybody goes through the process differently. And it's so easy for me to tell you like what I think that you should do or how you should grieve or what the right steps are. Mm-hmm. And we're all really good at telling everybody else what they should do, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, when in reality, it's different for everybody. So you might, at a holiday, have family members who want to um, set up the Christmas tree and keep the same traditions. And you might have other family members where they can't do that. That, that doesn't feel good to them. Right. And so ha- allowing everybody to walk their own journey, if that if that's mm-hmm. fair, and um, live their own experience. Right. Well, and mom, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put you on the spot here a little bit, um, just because you lost your mother, my grandmother, um, right around Christmas time, and you have um, two brothers and a sister. So looking at your family dynamics, did everybody have a different way or what is your perspective on how everyone's been grieving? Yes, everyone definitely is different about and and it it's kind of surprising who um is grieving the most uh and how they're doing it. But I know um then just all of a sudden out of the clear blue something will you know just be going along fine and then some somebody will, they'll make goulash or something, you know, and you're like, and then it, it it's funny, you have absolutely no idea what the triggers are going to be, or they talk about going to eat someplace, mm-hmm. or we're going to play pinochle, or what we're going to do, you have no idea what the triggers are for the grief, and um, and so it, it's it's just very, well, it's hard, it's hard to watch, but, and hard to be part of, but... Mm-hmm. We're going to go through it. <laughs> you don't have a choice. <laughs> but, um, right. But it, it, um, it, really, uh, it really makes you stop and think about the people <laughs> in your life that you have to appreciate them when they're there. Because um, even, even my siblings, 
um, have taken on a new importance since both of our parents are are gone. It, it mm. sets a whole new dynamic into who we are. Now I'm the oldest in the family, you know, mm-hmm. and that's um, five years ago. My dad and my brother both died um, within two months of each other, and my brother, mm-hmm. who was the middle child became the oldest man in the family, just poosh, you know. And so um, we've kind of, in the last five years, our family has really, really changed, and we hadn't hadn't gone through anything like this before. So it's, it's kind of like we're mourning Dad again because now we have lost both parents, and so it, it's bringing hmm. back up yeah. more than just Mom. And I, and I think um, it, it's surprising us how much more we're mourning Dad with Mom Hmm. Mm. Um, at the same time, you know, just because they're both new, but it's interesting how how your mind works. You never know for sure what's going to happen <laughs> when yeah, what's going to what, what's going to trigger you. Yeah. No, you bring up an awesome point there. Just in that, um, when we're grieving, um, we either make room and allow ourselves to really. Um, work on the grief process or grief presents itself, right? Our emotions are going to find their way to the surface, whether we're welcoming, welcoming them or not. Um, mm-hmm. So recognizing those triggers and saying, oh, yeah, I am feeling something right now, as opposed to stuffing it down and not acknowledging it. Yeah. Well, and one thing you said earlier in, in the show is that you need to work on it. And the first thing that came to my mind is like, what does that look like? How do you work on that? And you just explained that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't absolutely. avoid it. And yeah. Yep. Exactly. Don't avoid it, but also allow yourself time. So I do want to say um, if you're two weeks, three months, a year out, um, it, you have to recognize when is the right time as well. Okay. So we often, are, like, if you have, suffered a recent loss, it might be too fresh to really work through it, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the process looks different for everybody. That's another one of those, like, we can't tell ourselves, oh, I should be at this point. It's so different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, let's get into some of the nuts and bolts of this new program, Grief Share, that Catholic Family Services is offering those who might be experiencing some grief. Um, first off, who is hosting the evenings? Yes. So, um, with that, St. Joseph's Cathedral actually is the one who offers the program, and then Catholic Family Services just hosts it here for them. Okay. Okay. Um, as far as leaders in the evening, um, myself, Caitlin Belden, um, Mary Weber, and um, Kaylor, um, all counselors here at Catholic Family Services lead it each evening. And so we each will lead a different group, um, mm-hmm. a small group in the evening. Okay. So what can they expect in an evening? Yeah. So a typical evening, you'll arrive at, it's from 6 to 8 p.m. So arrive at 6, you come in, you can have, we have some treats, coffee, water, um, available, and then we'll do announcements and just talk about kind of what the evening will look like. We'll watch a video that is between like 30 to 45 minutes. It really varies depending on the topic. 
And then once the video is over, we'll have a little bit of a break, about five to ten minutes. And then we break up into small group discussions to really talk about what we heard on the video, what's weighing on our heart this week, and to support one another in the process. Um, so that's that really um, intimate part, I would say, of the experience is being able to then relate it to yourself. Right. Sounds good. How can people find out more information on the event or the program? Sorry. Yeah. Um, so they can call Catholic Family Services directly um, at 988 3775. And we have some wonderful ladies that will answer and have, um, they'll just be able to give you the information and answer your questions. They also could go to our website. Um, Catholic Family Services. Um, I don't know the exact URL right now, but okay, yep. <laughs> you can Google us. In, uh, SFCatholic.org backslash CFS. <laughs> there you go. Good job. See, you know it. <laughs> um, and the information is on there. So okay. our first um, program of this year is actually starting next week, February 2nd. It's okay. always on Tuesdays from 6 to 8 p.m., and it runs for 11 weeks. Okay. And then Catholic Family Services, when you're on the website, also offers other programs, right? Yes, correct. So we also have um, Camp Sydney, which is a summer, it's a weekend camp for children who have experienced a loss. And then we will be doing this summer, Our it is our wish, to do a day-long grief retreat for individuals who um, maybe aren't able to attend grief share or this just really isn't the right time for them. Mm -hmm. And then we also have um, a divorce group that will be running at the same time as grief share, um, but it's six weeks instead of 11 weeks. And there's um, on our website, there's lots of different information, too, if... Um, just about the services that we have and how to go about getting in contact with us for those. Wonderful. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us today and for saying yes and joining the Catholic Family Services uh, family. We're blessed to have you part of us. Yes, thank you. All right. Thank you so much. All right, Mom, that was interesting. Yes, yes. It's great like, that they're doing you, something good. It's like, we need to take notes. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think it's a, I think Catholic Family Services has always done a really great job of um, tending to people's grief. Right. And, and it's something that hits you so by surprise you don't know that you're going to need help. You just, you're, yeah. you're surprised that you do need to have some help on figuring out what to do with these new emotions that you have that are so strong and overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the grief of your mother has caught you by surprise many times already. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to take a break here in about 10 minutes. So I thought we could banter a little bit about um, kind of your experience with grief. I know you were talking a little bit about it. How are your siblings reacting? Um, my sister, I think, is the one who's who's uh, working through hers um, most diligently. She is just combing every 
nook and cranny hmm. of every memory that she can find and she's she's bringing out pictures and memories and and she's you're always getting um a text with a new picture on it and do you remember when and then and then sharing a memory of something that happened and and she just has archives of things um uh memorabilia and and events that she is is sharing and reliving and hmm. and wanting to to share all the good memories you know um when your mom dies of alzheimer's it's it's kind of um hard to to remember all the fun times because it, it has been so sad you know for mm-hmm. for the last several years and so it's it's good for everybody i think to have her be sharing all the the good fun memories and that she has the energy and the um, uh, desire to do that. Yeah, because I was going to say some people probably do the opposite. Yeah, hide and don't want to look at any of it. Don't want to touch any of it. Yeah, and we have all of my mom's stuff in boxes, and I have twice gone out to go through the boxes of the things that we brought home from the memory care unit, and both times I've had to just walk away, just close the box and leave. I can't can't do it yet yeah not ready yet Mm-mm. yeah well and i think that's important for people to hear the di- the differences in how people are handle things mm-hmm. you know your sister sharon is is diving into it and i would think at times those text messages might be difficult yeah yeah sometimes sometimes you don't yeah, you're not ready. You don't have the... <laughs> you're going about your life and business and la, 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 la. And then all of a sudden, boosh, you know, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah all right. Uh, uh, but um, but it, it's been very, very good for her, you know, so she's handling it totally different than yeah than I am. And, and it's different. Um, Mom was part of my daily life because I was her main caregiver here in town, and my sister lives in Dallas, and so mom was just a phone call uh, reality to her, not a daily life, physical. Yeah, COVID really changed the way that looked for Mm -hmm. us, dealing Mm -hmm. with grandma and helping grandma. Um, I don't think I have seen her since last February. Right, when they, they closed down visitors in February because of flu season, and then it became COVID season, and then... And my mom was was strong. We we laugh um, because um, in her unit there were 16 people. 14 got COVID in three different series of times. My mom was one, only two who never got COVID, and and she died anyway. It's like God, this is just such a warped sense of humor. What is wrong with you? <laughs> she made it through COVID, and you now now she's gone anyway. But she was. Um, just so tiny she had just disappeared you know that mm-hmm. alzheimer's is just such a such a not fun way to die um very 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 hard on everybody um to go through that and and so the um it sounds mean but it's so nice that she could go that she did not have to suffer anymore and that she did not have to be there and mm-hmm. and and uh any advice that you would give to other families that are going through dementia or Alzheimer's, you know, on how to make it through and, and expectations for yourself yeah, when yeah. dealing with a parent or someone that has it? It's um, 
the hardest thing, and my brothers were not good at it at all, <laughs> is um, is that she is going the opposite direction. And when you're a parent, which both of my brothers are and, and myself, you know that if you just explain it to this two-year-old, four-year-old, six-year-old, that the farther you go, the more you can explain and the better it gets. Well, when your mom has dementia, she's going the other way. So it doesn't matter how many times you explain, she's not going to get it. And it's really hard to just let that go and to just let her say things that are crazy and don't make any sense and, and totally illogical. And and her her mind just thinks that it's the reality. And, and it doesn't matter if she's thinking something yeah. that's not right is, is the reality. You just have to let it go and... and um, because at, at at first you want to argue with them. Oh yes, and you spend a lot of time arguing and exp- <laughs> no, well, and you know, I want to explain it and get it right. And if I just explain it fourteen times more this afternoon, you're going to get it. And you know, and so you you can wear yourself out, and it's really hard to just accept it. And especially um, in the disease, they can have parts of a conversation that they can tell you nitty-gritty, dirty details about something that you're just like, I can't believe she can remember all that and she know, and the details and the things that she's telling me and she, and maybe she, and she was always telling me she there was nothing wrong with her and why was she there? And so you'd think, oh my gosh, she's fine. Listen to this. Oh, I feel, so, oh, oh, oh. And then the next thing she says is completely off off track and there's, you're like okay okay there's someone hiding in her closet or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah she's she's uh, the neighbors think she has a cat because she keeps looking for cleo and cleo is um a friend of hers who's been dead for 10 years and, and they think she your mom had did your mom get a cat and they're like no well she keeps looking for cleo and you're like what She's looking for Cleo. That's no, no, no that's that, not that a cat. A person. That's <laughs> a person. That's a human. <laughs> no, she doesn't have a cat. Yeah. So, so you have to remember, um, even though they try and convince you that you're mean and awful, that you're trying to do what's best, and it, sometimes you're you doubt yourself every minute. Mm-hmm. But, but it's that you have to let the professionals tell you that. What you're doing is okay. If you know, if you don't have any professionals involved, maybe you aren't okay. But, <laughs> yeah. but it, you have to trust the professionals to yeah. and give it's you the hard support road. you need. Yeah, it's yeah. a hard road. Yeah. Well, we did have a question pop up, um, and someone was asking if you need to be Catholic to go to Catholic Family Services, and the answer is no. You do not have to be Catholic. I think it's all. They tried to keep their programs um, religious. But they do not make it specific Catholic, and so anybody is welcome to join um, any Catholic Family Services group. So the things sound a lot Catholic because they're all the people are Catholic. <laughs> yeah, they they just end up, you know, sounding that way and being that way. So if you are Catholic, it, you'll probably get a little bit more out of it. Um, but no, you absolutely don't have to be Catholic to join any of the Catholic Family Services or even go for counseling there. So. Thank you for that question and a good reminder. So, All right, Mom, Mike Mitzel is going to be up next. We're going to be talking about the feast day of St. Thomas Aquinas, which happens to be today. Good plan. (laughs) So, We're going to take a break, 
When we come back, Mike Mitzel from Aberdeen will be on with us. So folks, stay right there. More Real Presence Live to come right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 